This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank, the International Leaders Summit. I am Joel Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sertorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. You can subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. We thank each one of you, our engaged listening audience via the Pledge Radio Lancer Broadcasting, for joining us on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. Today, we are truly honored to have an extraordinary principal leader join us on America's Roundtable, Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne Conway is the counselor to the president at the White House, the office of President Donald Trump. Welcome, Kellyanne. Welcome, Kellyanne. Oh, thank you for having me, Joel and Natasha. It's a pleasure to be with you and all of your listeners. We commend the leadership of President Trump, the leadership team at the White House, and his cabinet for swiftly and prudently addressing one of the greatest challenges in a century for America and the world, the coronavirus pandemic which originated in Wuhan, China. Kellyanne, this past week at the White House, President Trump, Vice President Pence, the First Lady Melania Trump, you, and his leadership team led a strategic event with state, local, and tribal leaders, educators, and families to discuss the vital efforts to safely and prudently reopen schools for the over 50 million students across America. Kellyanne, you were at the leadership table with President Trump this week. What are the key steps being undertaken by the Trump administration to provide the vital support and assistance needed to ensure that K-12 students continue to learn while mitigating the spread of the coronavirus? Thank you so much for elevating this issue into the public consciousness that much more. It was an extraordinary event yesterday at the White House because we all share the goal of safely reopening America's schools. Do you know between the first and third weeks of March of this year, about nearly 100 million students, nearly 100%, totaling about 75 million students in this country, all had to leave their schools. And we've seen the digital divide laid bare. Not every child was able to access basic digital assets to allow him or her to finish their school year strongly, confidently, and competently. So they've missed out on key months of learning. Also, school provides a social structure, stability, safety for many students. It's where they get their meals, where they get mental health services, other health services. It's where they learned, as the First Lady said yesterday, to laugh on the playground and make friends. It's where they learn um, negotiation skills and leadership skills and listening skills and patience. And, of course, it's where they learn basic uh, skills and, and math skills and uh, obviously English and, and history and the like. So the children being out of school, we're creating a pandemic within a pandemic. We're also hurting their parents because if parents are out of work, single moms like the one who raised me, who aren't in jobs where you can telecommute, who are in service sector jobs, for example, they are, they are particularly susceptible and vulnerable to lost wages and lost job security the longer their children are out of school. So here's what we're going to do. We've um, had CDC guidelines. The president thinks they're a little tough and a little expensive, so he's going to work through them with his CDC. But the president has given, we've given guidance to schools, and we know that the governors and the local school districts also are going to weigh in. Some things some local school districts and principals have told me they're looking at is having lunch at the desks of the children so that they're not moving around, uh, more, more recess outside for the fresh air and the heat, um, but also the hot weather, but also eating at your place, not allowing parents to come in to read stories or to have cupcake birthday parties with cupcakes, et cetera, uh, really lowering the number of, of adults who come into the schools. Also, perhaps there will be distance learning one week and then in-person learning another week. Um, say your, your last name begins 
begins with A through L, and then the next week M through Z, and you switch off. Maybe um, less busing, which, of course, would really compromise a lot of children's ability to access these places of learning. Uh, but this is up to also the governors and the local jurisdictions. But it is ironic, is it not, that they have no problem with people protesting. They have no problem with people going to the bars. They have a big problem with reopening their schools. Kids are the heart and soul of our nation, Natasha and Joel, and our schools are a central nervous system. Absolutely, and well stated, Kelly, and we certainly cannot leave our children behind when it comes to their health, education, and the blessings of a brighter future. Uh, Kellyanne, President Trump has been a leading force to reduce the cost of health care to American patients and American taxpayers. Uh, President Trump's executive order on improving price and quality transparency in American health care to put patients first was signed in June 2019. Uh, Kellyanne, could you kindly share with us about the vital health care initiatives and acts that President Trump's administration and you personally have been working on to make health care accessible, affordable, and and transparent for American patients, and especially about the most recent victory, with the federal court upholding the Trump administration's hospital price transparency, which requires hospitals to disclose secret rates they negotiate with insurance companies. All great questions. In fact, we are assuring great health care with more affordability, higher quality, and more choices. Obamacare left people with very few choices, and it left many people without any type of health insurance whatsoever. Joe Biden ought to be asked about Obama-Biden-Care at every turn. Absolutely. We repealed the core of Obamacare, the unpopular individual mandate. We eliminated the health insurance tax, medical devices tax, the Cadillac tax. We have new insurance options for Americans through uh, creative arrangements like association health plans, short-term plans, health reimbursement arrangements. Some of those plans are up to 60% less expensive, particularly, Joel and Natasha, for Americans who maybe are self-employed or sole proprietors or otherwise can't access health care the way many Americans do through, through their employers, roughly 175 million Americans, or through government benefits. Um, also, we are protecting Medicare and Social Security. Do you know that Medicare Advantage premiums have decreased by 27% and Medicare Part D premiums are the lowest in seven years under President Trump's leadership? And very recently, on May 26th, the President had a terrific event in the Rose Garden with the three major insulin manufacturers in this country, with health care providers, with senior uh, citizen representatives. And, and there he announced that the say, maximum copay for insulin will be $35 per month for seniors because we found in our research that the press the pressure point for pricing for seniors at which they stop taking their full dose or stop taking their dose altogether, stop filling their prescriptions for insulin was $50. So this is huge. You mentioned tra price transparency. Really big because it's pro-patient. Why in the world do you know how much dog food or gasoline is going to cost before you purchase it and not an MRI? You should have price transparency, no surprise medical billing. You go to the emergency room with your child or your parent, God forbid, and they say, hey, it's all covered or don't worry about it, and then you get a surprise bill months later that some doctor was out of network. And so we want to cut down on that and increase the transparency for patients and the accountability for the health providers, whom we work with very closely. And I think you saw that this health, I call Donald Trump the health care president. The way he has navigated a global pandemic from the health side has been extraordinary. We now have tens of thousands of ventilators in our strategic national stockpile. You had Democratic governors schooling that they needed 40,000 ventilators. They, we gave uh, Andrew Cuomo in New York 12% of that, and he ended up giving some of them away, thank God. 
Also, what this president has done, $500 million initiative to find cures for childhood, childhood cancers, pursuing medical breakthroughs, the opioid crisis, HIV AIDS ending by 2030, the uh, right to try to give critically ill patients access to life-saving cures. And, and all of this put together, we're still dealing with the dual medical and financial crises of the global pandemic, the coronavirus, as you say, that came out of China, no doubt. Uh, and that this president has shown extraordinary leadership, whereas I think Joe Biden is going to be held to account to why so many millions of Americans still have no health insurance of any type 10 and a half years after Obama-Biden care was passed. These are excellent results of your administration. On the opioid crisis front, Kellyanne, in your White House press briefing in the end of January this year, you shared that nearly 70,000 of our fellow Americans died from an overdose last year and 48,000 of those involved opioids. About 70% of those deaths also involved some type of synthetic opioid, most prominently fentanyl, which could be an instant killer. Uh, could you kindly share with us the details of the Support Act, which you consider to be the most robust and significant bipartisan accomplishment of the president's first term. I sure do. Wow, you do your homework. I wish everybody in the media were like the two of you, Joel and Natasha. Thanks for just preparing, and thanks for curing what I call information underload for the American people vis-a-vis many in the mainstream media. You can talk about bias coverage, but what about incomplete coverage? You just spent a half a minute telling people more than, they are, than they've heard in three years from the mainstream media about all of our um, strides to help them. Yeah, the Support Act was signed into law by the President in October of 2018. It is by far the most significant bipartisan accomplishment. Maybe the CARES Act, but that's a little bit different. And the reason is um, it had by overwhelming bipartisan support. Every single Democrat in the House and the Senate voted for it, which is pretty extraordinary. And it, and it commits billions and billions of dollars to uh, prevention, education, drug treatment and recovery, interdiction, surveillance, and law enforcement, those three different fronts on which we have to uh, wage this war, and it's worked in large part. Now, we have seen, sadly, an increase in drug overdoses and drug misuse during the pandemic because people are in extended lockdowns. And let me give you three quick statistics. In March, we saw an increase of drug overdoses by 19%. In April, it was uh, 29%. In May, it was 42%. Do you see a trend here? The longer the lockdown, uh, the, the, the deeper and deeper some Americans fall into despair. They are economically desolate, but they are socially isolated. So many of them are alone with their prescription opioids or with their other drugs. And you're absolutely right. I want everybody to know what the word fentanyl, F-E-N-T-A-N-Y-L. Folks, talk to your kids. Talk to everybody you know about fentanyl. It's an instant deadly killer. A couple little grains can kill many people. It is laced into marijuana, street drugs, cocaine, meth increasingly, um, certainly uh, legal opioids, people take legal opioids and then they, they put fentanyl on them and they resell them. Um, too many overdose deaths, people dying immediately. And this president is trying to hold China to account for the virus and also for fentanyl. Kellyanne, it is great delight to have you on America's Roundtable. We look forward to hearing more of the positive work that's being done through the Trump administration and advancing America's first principles. Thank you, Kellyanne. Thank you, Kellyanne. Thank you so much. Take care. As we heard from Kellyanne Conway, counselor to President Trump, Trump's administration is spearheading initiatives to make healthcare accessible and affordable to all. Let us spend a minute addressing diabetes, which has grown to become a major public health crisis in the United States. In May 2019, the CDC reported that more than 110 million Americans are living with diabetes or prediabetes. The American Diabetes Association estimated that diabetes accounted for $237 billion in direct medical costs. 
including an average of $9,600 per person in medical expenditures in 2017, just for their diabetes care. Under President Trump's leadership, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services just announced that many Medicare Part D plans and Medicare Advantage plans have applied to offer lower out-of-pocket insulin costs to seniors for 2021. Based on the administration's data, all over the country, seniors are paying less than they did the year before. In Florida, 95% of beneficiaries with a Part D plan had access to a lower premium plan. And in Michigan, it's 96%. As Kelly and Conway mentioned on America's Roundtable, common forms of insulin, a notoriously expensive life-saving drug, will be available to seniors at no more than $35 for a month's supply. The model is predicted to save seniors an average of 66% on the insulin costs. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with the Pledge Radio in Michigan and Lancer Broadcasting. I'm Jolan Asami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. You can subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. For the radio interviews, visit America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, YouTube channel at International Leaders Summit. Our website is iLeadersSummit.org. Follow us on Twitter, iLeadersSummit. Join us next week at the same time on the Pledge Radio Lancer Broadcasting.